It's good to be with you all. Happy Sunday. My name is Justin Ray, and again, it's great to see you. I want to echo a word just from our pastors, as you have heard previously, and I just want to reiterate that it is a joy of mine to be a member of Tri-Cities, to be here in this redeemed community. It's such a gift in my life, in my wife's life, and um, I just praise the Lord for this church and to be brothers and sisters with you on mission. I also have the joy and privilege of serving students and families here as the student pastor here at Tri-Cities. And that's, this past weekend, we had a really incredible weekend at Kainos. Kainos is a discipleship weekend designed to practically train students to live as ambassadors of Jesus. Over this weekend at Kainos, Buddy Sampson, the lead planter of Overland Church Durango, really came and challenged and empowered the students in 2 Corinthians 5. We, he brought the word in each session. Students went before the Lord on behalf of this community, interceding in prayer, praying for their friends, praying for themselves, praying for the places and people in their circles that they would know and enjoy Jesus. We labored on Saturday afternoon meeting real needs in this community, uh, from delivering food boxes to Keystone to visiting some of our homebound members. It was a phenomenal opportunity for our students to look outside themselves and again feel the tension of what it looks like to be a doer of the word, to live on mission as ambassadors. We had a ton of fun along the way and it was such a great weekend as we as we hope to help students take a next step towards leveraging their lives for the glory of God and the good of others but I pray that this weekend is much bigger than just this weekend I long to see from this student ministry in this church to raise up and send out students in love with Jesus to go and live as pastors, as church planters, as missionaries, and faithful members of the local church to make much of Jesus. I really want to give you a glimpse of just what the Lord is doing in the student ministry for a moment. And I think on a micro scale, it's evident in this story that I want to share with you. Uh, the Lord just really encouraged me in this interaction this past Wednesday. And again, I think it's a testament to what the Lord at large is doing in the life of our students. There's a student, he's in sixth grade, his name is Mason Lineberry. He's a phenomenal student and he makes being a student pastor a true joy. Mason comes up to me on Wednesday because at the Great Escape in the previous fall, we began our journey through 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's a beautiful text about gospel realities and resurrection promises and how you and I can truly bank our lives on those gospel promises. Mason loved that text. And this past Wednesday, he came up to me and he said, Justin, I literally cannot wait for Kainos because I am excited to finish 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I thought it was fun. I thought it was cute. I was like, thanks, Mason. Thank you for sharing. But as I went home and as I chewed on that, what we see evidenced beneath the surface of the student communicating his excitement for Kainos what we see happening in, in this expression of love for this text is a student who is learning to fall in love with the Word of God. And I pray at large that as we serve students and families, that they 
they uphold Jesus as he reveals himself in scripture. They fall in love with the word of God and live their lives with the word as their foundation. I pray that students continue more and more to fall in love with the word of God. You see, leading up to this weekend, it was such an encouragement. And yet, I pray again that through encountering Jesus and his word and putting it into practice, the Lord continues to work and move in students. You've seen this as we've recently baptized students taking their first step in following Jesus. We also have students diving in to discover Tri-Cities, learning our principles, practices, and promises, and what it means to pursue church membership and the value there. Families, are you utilizing the family discipleship plan to talk about God's big truths together? And students are, are making the most of their summer and the opportunities that we provide them to go on go trips or go seasons all across the nations and even the nation. To God be the glory for all of this. He's so good. He's so kind. His word is living and active, and it's bearing fruit in the lives of our students and families. This morning, I want to invite you into this text with us, as I believe it is very relevant for you and I, as you and I likewise are called to live as ambassadors. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be camping out this morning in verses 16 through 21. Again, we'll, we will see this big truth. Every Jesus follower is an ambassador of Christ. Every Jesus follower is an ambassador of Christ. Read with me in verse 16. Paul, under the inspiration and authority of the Holy Spirit, writes this. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, again, gospel promises, gospel realities. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. All of this, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning as we dive into your word, as we stand in awe of all that you've accomplished in Christ on behalf of sinful rebels. Lord, may you captivate us with the reality of reconciliation. And Lord, in captivating in view of this truth, 
Lord, I pray that we would go and appeal to this lost world, be reconciled to God. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. Again, our big truth this morning, every Jesus follower is an ambassador of Christ. Every Jesus follower is an ambassador of Christ. This is derived explicitly from verse 20 when he says, therefore, we are ambassadors. Buddy made a phenomenal point this weekend as he uh, taught and spoke with our students. And he, he made this point saying, the goal is not to simply challenge you to be an ambassador. Rather, the aim is to empower you to live as the ambassador that you are called to. And I hope that as we walk through this text, that that continues to be made clear, that you're not simply challenged to be an ambassador. Rather, you understand that according to the power of the word and the sufficiency of the spirit, you as a Jesus follower are empowered, having the capability and capacity to make Jesus known where you are, who you're with. Again, every Jesus follower is an ambassador. I want you to see this first big idea in verse 16 through 17. He says this, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In light of this big truth, every Jesus follower is an ambassador of Christ. We have this big idea Ambassadors of Jesus are new creations. Ambassadors of Jesus are new creations. We see here that Paul, in speaking with the Corinthians, addresses various filters in which we perceive the world around us and the people around us. There is a a, a sense in which the worldly values, the worldly system in which we esteem uh, what is good, what is right, what is true, there's a sense in which there's a worldly perspective that is the filter through which we determine those things of the places and people we are with. And Paul here says, it's broken, it's worthless. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. You see, Paul is here admitting, and he's being very transparent and vulnerable, how he once deemed, and through this worldly flesh, viewed Christ through this system, through this broken system of determining value. According to the world, Christ is not much. In fact, because Christ was so, um, because he was so persecuted, and because he experienced so much suffering, he's almost deemed as not worth your time. And yet, if you disregard the flesh and acknowledge its weaknesses to assess what is good, right, and true, and if you see Jesus as he truly is, you will see that he is the Lord of all. Paul here says, we regard no one according to the flesh. In verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Just to let you in on some of my planning, this is where the name kainos came from. Kainos here is the word used for new, for new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Here it is apparent that in Christ is the position 
of the newly created person. It is apparent that in Christ is the position of the newly created person. This is a position of death to self, life to Christ. This is where new creation begins, in Christ. Old, gone, new, come, death to self, life in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And it is through faith that one apprehends and perceives the beauty and worth of all that Jesus is. It is through Christ that we repent to rightly worship and give him the honor that is due him. You see, the ambassador is a new creation with new motives, with new thinking, with new affections and new desires welling up within them because of their position in Christ. It's in this position that in Christ one is made new. Paul in the text expands further on what this means when he says, the old has passed and the new has come. I want you to, for a moment, remember who Paul is writing to, the church at Corinth. They don't really have a great track record. It's not very clean. In fact, among the Corinthians, there is a ton of idolatry and a lot of heinous sin. And Paul here is writing to the believers at Corinth, to the church there, that in Christ, the old has gone, the new has come. That's true of them, that's true for you and me. This former letter was a very stern, some may even say harsh call to repentance. And again, we see here the wretched, the wicked, the lost, and the blind in Christ are new. They're new creations where the old has gone and the new has come. I just want to ask you this question this morning. Have you been made new? Have you been made new? Again, the posture is one where you are in Christ, death to self, old affections, broken systems, life in Christ. New affections oriented around Jesus as Lord. This is the position of one who is made new. And this is incredibly significant. I think oftentimes when we look at new creation and we look specifically at this text, we come to it looking for assurance, which you will find it. And yet, this text is not merely for your own personal assurance of salvation. You see, what's happening here is much larger and more significant than self. It is not simply a personal reality. New, new creation does not stop with you and it does not stop with me. It's not intended just for assurance. It's intended to make known to you what God is doing in his redemptive work in you, yes, but in this world on a cosmic, larger scale. You see, this language is very, it should be familiar, or at least similar across various passages throughout the Bible. We see this in Isaiah. I think we also see this in Revelation. I want you to consider Revelation chapter 21. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Old passing the arrival of the new. In your life, yes. And yet on a cosmic scale, God is making all things new. The old has passed, the new has come. When it comes to empowerment, to live as an ambassador of Jesus, your position in Christ as a new creation is what permits and enables you to represent and to participate in God's work of new creation. You are an ambassador because you are a new creation. Ambassadors of Jesus are new creations. We also see in verses 18 through 19, if you'll read with me, we find the the source and the origin of new creation in verse 18, when he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We see this big idea. Ambassadors of Jesus are entrusted with the message of reconciliation. I just want to invite you, as we walk through this text, I pray that we can marvel at these realities together as a purchased people, having been reconciled. I pray that for a moment, just as we walk through this text, that we are utterly captivated by the grace of God. Ambassadors of Jesus are entrusted with the message of reconciliation. And we see again, verse 18, all this is from God. All of it is from God. I want you to note, through Christ, so think in Christ, now in your mind think through Christ. In Christ is the position, through Christ is the means through which you have found yourself to be in Christ. Through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the the ministry of reconciliation. The reason you are in Christ A new creation is because you have been reconciled to God through Christ. This is from God. This is from him. The author and perfecter of our faith. You see, this reconciliation was accomplished by the blood of Christ. Who through his his cross made peace by his blood between God and man. In our sins and left to ourselves, the Bible doesn't speak very highly of us. 
Colossians 1 says that we were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Throughout the Bible, we see that left to our sin, we are defined as rebels at enmity with God. Reconciliation here entails a restoration of the relationship between rebels and the God who made them and loves them. I want you to again consider Colossians 1 when when he writes, You who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. This is through Christ, the means of our reconciliation, his cross, his body broken for you, his blood poured out for you. But what does that mean for us as ambassadors? It means that you and I are entrusted with this message. We are given it to care for, to use, to proclaim, to be found as stewards of. There's a sense of responsibility in receiving in Christ, through Christ, this reconciliation. Those who have been reconciled have been given, entrusted this message. That through Christ... There's peace with God. As we consider this text, we see that he entrusts to them, the reconciled, this message. If you are new in Christ, if you have peace with God, being known by him and knowing him, being loved by him and loving him, you have not just received reconciliation. You have been entrusted a message. You have something to say. You have something to do. And God has given it to you to accomplish his plans and his purposes in this world, to accomplish his work of redemption and reconciliation. This is the point that I'm trying to make, is reconciliation does not stop just with your personal relationship with Jesus. Reconciliation then begins a new way of living in which you live your life to see others reconciled to this God. You have a role to play as an ambassador to proclaim this message. The reconciled are entrusted with the message of reconciliation. Ambassadors of Jesus, you have been given this message to proclaim. This brings us to our last big idea. Ambassadors of Jesus appeal to the world on God's behalf. Verse 20 through 21. Therefore, again, having been reconciled, having received reconciliation, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Again, this last big idea, ambassadors of Jesus appealed to the world on God's behalf. Brothers and sisters, we are ambassadors of God. No one can represent 
the power of God to restore the relationship between God and man than those who have been reconciled. To go to the hostile, to go to the wicked, and proclaim to them peace with God through Christ. We are ambassadors. We represent all the reality of new creation in Christ. We represent the reality of reconciliation through Christ. And as ambassadors of such glorious grace, we have something to say. Chiefly because God still speaks today. And he has something to say. He seeks to make his appeal through his people. He seeks to speak to be reconciled through the reconciled. He seeks to usher in new creation through his new creation, through his people. I want you to consider that some may think that God is silent and distant because the people of God neglect to speak, to appeal on God's behalf to be reconciled. As ambassadors of such glorious grace, we have something to say. In Christ, through Christ, be reconciled to God. I believe that in this Tri-Cities area, God has people that are his. I find confidence in Acts 18 when Paul writes this. Paul had been ministering, proclaiming the word of God. He's experiencing a sense of persecution and hostility himself. The Lord comes to Paul one night in a vision, and the Lord says, Paul, do not be afraid, but go on, speak, and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he, and, and he Paul, stayed there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. You see, the sovereignty of God to save people does not deter Paul from proclamation. Rather, the sovereignty of God to save people is Paul's motivation to stay. He stays here longer than he did in any other stops of his missionary journey. Again, I believe that God has people here that are his people. He has students in Washington County and Sullivan County schools and in this region that are his he has co-workers that you rub elbows with every day that are his. Brothers, sisters, family members, friends that are his. And then I think Romans 10 draws to mind a necessary question. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And I pray this question echoes in your mind and in your heart. And how were they to hear without someone preaching? And how were they to preach unless they are sent? I want to ask you this question, Jesus follower. How is it that you came to know and enjoy Jesus? Was it not through the proclamation of God's word to you that you heard and believed. And all of the necessary means of being in Christ and through Christ were applied to you. You see, I believe, according to Romans 10, 
You came to know and enjoy Jesus because somebody, an ambassador of Jesus, with something to say, who was a new creation, who has been reconciled to God, understood that God seeks to make an appeal through them. And they came to you and said, be reconciled to God. And by his grace through Christ, you trusted him and you turned from your sins. And if that's the case, then we have to ask this question. How is it that others will come to know and enjoy Jesus? How is it that others will come to know and enjoy Jesus? It's very much the same through his people, through ambassadors who go and appeal to the world, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Others will come to know and enjoy Jesus through faithful ambassadors of Jesus who appeal to the world on Christ's behalf with this appeal, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin in order that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There are two ways to respond this morning. One, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, if you haven't turned from your brokenness, left it behind, and come to know new life in Christ and reconciliation and restoration and relationship with him, even today, even now, hear his appeal, be reconciled to God. Jesus followers, as we in a moment partake in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, this is the means of your reconciliation that we remember. The blood of Jesus poured out, his body broken for you. Remember and rejoice in God's love and grace and kindness to you. And yet, the very means through which you were reconciled to God through his body and his blood are also the appeal that we make to a world in need of Jesus. His body broken, his blood poured out for them in order that in him they might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice with great joy that even in our sins, you loved us. And while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Father, I pray today that in being captivated by the work of reconciliation, God, that you would pierce our hearts to the need within this community for you. I pray that we would not be slow to put this into practice. I pray that we would not be silent. I pray that we would be found faithful with this message with this ministry to proclaim peace with God through Christ. Lord, we rejoice in reconciliation. We rejoice in new creation. Lord, burden our hearts and empower us according to your word and according to your spirit to live as ambassadors of Jesus. For the glory of your name, Jesus, and the good of tri-cities and the nations, we pray. Amen. Amen.